such a blessing that this morning we can come together in this wonderful day uh, where we're coming to celebrate um, the main point of our, um, of our salvation. Because the Bible says if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then our salvation will be just worthless and also in vain. So, and this weekend we know just we're celebrating um, the, the uh, we're celebrating the, the death of Jesus Christ on, on Friday. And yesterday we were having a nice time there at uh, Beach, Wana uh, Beach, uh, where we are having a nice time of prayer together as a family and also having uh, hot cross buns and coffee uh, and connecting to one another. It was amazing. And also today we're here to celebrate um, our our risen king. So, as I was just reading Bible reading plan last week, there was kind of a theme um, that I was looking at, especially if you're uh, reading in John chapter 20. In John chapter 19, it was more about the emphasis on uh, Jesus' death, that every time they confirmed that Jesus died. Jesus died. That was so important just to, uh, to um, just check on that and just saw how many people witnessed um, about the death of Jesus. But today, because we're celebrating our risen Christ, and uh, I was just looking at John chapter 20, and I saw also a pattern of people witnessing the, 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 the rising of Jesus Christ from, from, from the grave. So, we see that from all those people, they were like these two men were just going to Jesus' grave, and they were just worried about who's going to roll the stone for us because uh, maybe they had no strength to, to just move it away. And the Bible says, when they saw that the stone was rolled away, and then they went and told the disciples, and Simon Peter and other disciples ran to Jesus' grave, and when, when they got there into the grave, they saw that Jesus was not there. He was risen. They saw the clothes that um, was there in his grave. And also, after that, they ran back to see other, uh, to tell other disciples. But Mary waited by Jesus' grave. And he saw the angel. And while she was talking to an angel, and she saw Jesus. And she started um, having a conversation with Jesus as well. And we see, we know that how the story carries on, that Jesus appeared and uh, revealed himself to his disciples. And he said, peace be with you. And they saw him. Although uh, there was one guy who was missing, Thomas. He wasn't there. But Jesus made sure that even Thomas himself will be able to see him. And even showed his wounds in his hands and in his feet. We see this list of people who had... This desire to see Jesus. And those who had no desire maybe even to see him, Jesus revealed himself to these two guys who were walking to Emmaus and Jesus just showed up and he was just having a, starting having a conversation, joining the conversation and he revealed himself to them and he broke bread with them and they saw him and they were, their eyes were lightened. Why Jesus revealed himself to them? Because he wanted them to see and believe that he has risen. We have all that kind of evidence that Jesus rose from the grave. But I want today just to, to go to, to, to read together in John chapter 12. We're going to read just a few verses from verse 20 to 24. That will be our, our main passage today. John chapter 12, reading from verse number 20 to uh, verse 24. Okay, if you got a Bible with you, then we're going to start reading. From verse 20. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So they came uh, to Philip, who was from Bethesda, Bethsaida, in Galil, and asked him, Say, 
we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the, into the earth and die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life will lose it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternity. Amen. So quickly this morning, I just want us to go back and just look at the background for, for this passage. Maybe you're still wondering why it's a risen Sunday, why we're just uh, reading from uh, chapter 12. But uh, we're going to take this journey together because we're talking about our risen king. So another topic today that I want us to talk about is that Sitanda Ugbona Ujesu. We want to see Jesus. Other translation will say, we will want to, we, we will like to see Jesus. And uh, different translation, they, uh, they coming from different angles, but for one reason, we want to see Jesus. Sitanda Ugbona Ujesu. And Jesus had just left Galilee and um, where he used to work. And he was coming to the temple in uh, Jerusalem, in the city of Judea. So we hear that when Jesus arrived here, it was just about time where the Jews were preparing for their biggest celebration or maybe their biggest ceremony that was called Passover. People used to leave their different places, coming from wherever they are, coming to this place in Jerusalem, into the temple. And they gather there for this um, ceremony of Passover feast. So when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, we heard that the crowds, were, they gathered in the, um, along the way where Jesus was going to be able to, uh, he was going to walk, riding a donkey. And they started shouting, Hosanna, blessed is who, who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. But when Jesus got into the temple, he found those who were selling, and Jesus drove them out of the temple. So the Jews started to ask him and say, what sign do you show, do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. And the Jews were so confused. They say, it's taken us 46 years to build this temple, and you say you will raise it up in three days. How is that going to happen? Why the Jews were so confused about this answer from Jesus, because they didn't know that he was speaking about the temple of his body. Only when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that, oh, he has said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus has spoken. Actually, the whole story of the Bible is either you're reading from the Old Testament or in the New Testament, they all point out to the atonement. They all point out to the death and resurrection of Jesus. Maybe if you know your Bible, you can maybe think about the story of Abraham going up to the mountain to sacrifice about his son. He was pointing to Jesus. All the sacrifices that were given through the, the priest, it was pointing to Jesus. And even this day of the New Testament, Jesus, every time when he was talking from the first miracle that he did in John chapter 2, he said, my hour has not yet come. Because he was talking about his death and his resurrection. You know, there's this guy called Williams Evans. He says, cut the Bible anyway, and it bleeds. Which means everywhere you read about the Bible, you will see the gospel of Jesus. You will see the great story 
of the redemption, the love of God, trying to reconcile with human. That is why we always encourage you to read your Bible. As uh, Prince was just saying, encouraging here up front. Re follow your Bible reading plan. Commit yourself to your own personal de devotions and to be on trios and community groups, etc. Because we know that whenever you read your Bible, wherever you spend your time in your personal devotion, whenever you read the scripture, you will find Jesus. So in our passage today, we, we read about this, these Greeks who were kind of Gentiles. They talk about some of the Greeks because it was not everyone who was there, but these people who were uh, proselytes, who were like following the, the, the religion of the Jews. The Bible says they came here to Jerusalem for Passover celebration to worship at the feast. These were Greek-speaking people from various cities of Middle East. But even though they were Greeks, but they came, they were, they were converted to follow the religion of the Jews. As we hear the, from the passage that they came, they went up to worship at the festival. But they had not yet become the true Jews because we are not told about them being circumcised. And also another thing, John, he still calls them Greeks, which means they were not Jews. So they came to Philip. And they said to Philip, who was one of, the, of Jesus' disciples, and they asked him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip, sitanda ukubona ujesu. So when he was trying, trying to do research, why these gentle Greeks coming and ask Philip, why we want to see Jesus, I wanted to understand the meaning see. To see means to recognize. Because Jesus was in there and like in the midst of the crowd, they couldn't even recognize him to see him. They wanted Philip to usher them to Jesus so that they can be able to see him. They wanted Wanted to know Jesus better. Maybe they had some questions and, and things that they wanted to, 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 to talk to Jesus about. And they asked Philip, we want to see Jesus. We want to know him better. We want to meet with him and talk with him. We want to understand and discover some things about Jesus. There's a Greek meaning of the word see. In Greek word, it means Iden, I-D-E-I-N, which means to experience and to believe. And that is why when they come to Philip and ask and say, say, we would like to see Jesus, Philip was a little bit conf confused and surprised. I mean, he was surprised because he knew the history of, of the Greeks. So, Greeks were not just kind of people who can be convinced that easily. They were the kind of people who like to analyze things with wisdom or even try to prove them scientifically before they can even be convinced and even accepted. Even if you were coming to them bringing the plain truth, even the plain truth of the gospel, they will find it hard to accept it straight away. They will want to thoroughly check it and to talk things through philosophically and to prove all the facts before they can believe and accept it. Paul agrees with what I'm saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. He says, our gospel is foolish to, to the Jews who ask the signs from heaven. And it is foolish to the Greeks who seeks human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended. And the Gentiles say it is nonsense. 
I'm sure all of us, we have that kind of people in our lives. Maybe some of them, they are here with us today. Where you tell them about Jesus, about his death and his resurrection, about the love of Jesus to their, uh, and trying to share the gospel with them. That Jesus died for their sins and rose again so that they can be saved. They say, no, thanks, that's not for me. Because they think they are too clever to be able to be saved and accept the gospel. Maybe you are exactly like these Greeks. But we see the very same Greeks coming in realization that more than just coming to the temple and worship, more than just celebrating the Passover year in and year out, we need Jesus in our lives. We would like to see Jesus. I don't know how many times they have come to the temple in Jerusalem to worship. I even don't know how many years they have been celebrating this Passover here in Jerusalem without Jesus. Brothers and sisters, it is possible that you can come to church week in and week out, but still miss the encounters with Jesus. Sometimes we, we come to church as one of our hobbies, something that we do because it's Sunday and we want to tick the box. Monday to, to Friday we go to work, Saturday we're having fun, and then Sunday we come to church, tick, we've done for the week. Or sometimes we just do that because we want to make our family happy because it's one of our family religious thing that we do when it's Sunday. But this Greek, uh, these Greeks, they came to a point where they have realized that we need something better than that just routine. We need Jesus in our lives. If we try to figure things out in our own minds, we come to the conclusion that we need Jesus. Even our lives. When we look at our lives, we see that our lives have no meaning, have no purpose in our lives. So we need Jesus. Because our meaning and our purpose for our lives is only found in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, is the truth, and is the life. Even when we can try and compare our cultural, religious, or religion, with all what we heard and observe about Jesus, we come to the same conclusion that we need Jesus in our lives. No We need Jesus in our lives. I know you can even ignore it in your life. You know that without Jesus, you're struggling. Because Jesus said, without me, you will do nothing. You need Jesus. That's why Baba said, when you hear his word, you must never harden your heart. Come to him. This, that desire that these Greek, uh, Greek, Greeks had in their hearts, it really pushed them to come before Philip and say, Philip, we would like to see Jesus. Isn't that the best thing you can ask for in the whole world? When we are given like one chance that ask one thing, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. They reminded me of a song by Danny Gokeri. Uh, Danny Gokey is G-O-K-E-Y. He says, give me Jesus. Oh, give me Jesus. You can have all the world. Oh, give me Jesus. Because it's all I need. Give me Jesus. Hallelujah. Give me Jesus. It's all I need. Hallelujah. I thank God for helping me to come to that conclusion and to come to that realization in my own life. Although I grew up in a, 
within the church family, although I grew up in a Christian family, with my parents in a warm Christian home, serving in different areas in our church, but all could not give me eternal life. Jesus said in his prayer, there is one thing that gives eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's the only eternal life. Everything that we can do for church, we can do for our communities, everything that we can do for our families will never give us eternal life. The eternal life is only found in Jesus who died and rose again for our sins. And I came to that conclusion in my life that all what I'm doing for this church is exhausting. It just makes me like duties after duties, trying to be on time and people pushing me because it was not coming from inside out, but it was coming from out from other people trying to, to shape my life. And then after church, after a service, I came, to, I came forward and my pastor asked me a question, how can I pray for you? And I said to him, I would like to accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. And my pastor ushered me to Jesus. Why that was so important for my life? Because in my life, there were things that my church and my cultural religion that they could not do for me. There were places in life that my church and my parents could not reach. They could not reach my heart. Only Jesus can be able to, to, to reach our hearts and touch and change them. Brothers and sisters, our religion has no power to break the yoke of sin. Our good works had no power to break the chains of sin and that are really keeping us bound in our lives. You can move from one church to another. You can change religion to another religion. And attend church gatherings Sunday in and Sunday out, including Easter weekends like we are here today. But all that will never bring you to a right relationship with God. Acts 4, Acts 4 chapter 12 says, For there is salvation in no one else, and there is no one and no other name under the heaven that has been given men by which we must be saved. Only in the name of Jesus. Christ Jesus is the only wisdom, is the only power of God. For the word of God and the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This guy, J.H. Scruder, sorry, I'm, very, I'm not good in pronouncing the, the surnames. He says these words, the cross has revealed to good men, the religious men, that their goodness has not been good enough. One day, Musa Mtetwa, he was, just pre he was preaching at Ephraim about the law. That after the fall, God gave us the law as a mirror so that we can be able to see how unworthy we are. How much we need Jesus in our lives. Because we try and do this, we break the other. We try and correct this, we break the other. But when we come to Jesus, he's the only one that's able to fulfill. In our own works in our own power, we are good for nothing. But in Jesus Christ, that's the only place that we can be able to win. That is why the Pharisees 
after Jesus rose Lazarus from the grave. And they were so worried that the world has begun to go after Jesus. And they wanted to stop that because they thought it's the preaching of Jesus that was saving people. And they said, no, we need to kill this guy. We need to get rid of him before he takes everyone from our religion. And now it was even worse because it was not only the Jews. We see here that even some of the Greeks wanted to find out more about Jesus. And they came to Philip and say, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. And then Philip was not sure what to do. How can I just go to Jesus and tell him? And he decided not to go to Jesus, to go to, to Andrew. And says, Andrew, you know what? These Greeks, they say they want to see Jesus, but I don't know how Jesus is going to accept this, so now will you help me? And the Bible says together, then they went, they accompanied him to go to Jesus and tell them, and tell Jesus that these guys, the Greeks, they say they want to see you. What are you saying about this? You know, this past few months, um, we... We had a, a privilege of having the similar stories in this church when we were like preparing to baptize people. Um, on Monday, you know, um, after our staff devotion, uh, Togozo said to us, you know, as we were like driving back home, my daughter Tando, she said um, she wants to accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And now I didn't know what to do about it, you know. And uh, I said, wow, oh, okay, it's good to know that maybe we need to go and visit him. And myself and Selo, I, I took Selo as my Andrew. We, <laughs> we went there on Wednesday. We shared the word of God with her. And she's, uh, we started by saying, okay, tell us what you were telling your family. And she told us that I want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then we had that privilege to share the gospel with her. And she gave her love to Jesus. And she was baptized on the following Sunday. And now this past uh, time, uh, past Sunday when we were baptizing as well, and we, I had a similar story. I got a, a, a WhatsApp message from Mdu, from Fagazi, and said, when we were having supper, my, my, my young brother, Tobani, he's, he told our family, he said, he's, he's got something to tell us. He said, he wants to accept Jesus as a Lord and Savior in his life. And he said, now, Robert, can you come in and, and lead him to Jesus? But I knew that Mdu can easily do that, but I don't know why he, wanted to, he decided to tell me. Then I had to drive all the way to, um, to Mezulu, sit down with, to share the word of God with him, and he accepted Jesus. I, I was just like seeing this privilege that Philip had to take the news and the, the requests from people and ushering people to Jesus. Because people are not just coming to us, you know, but they want to come to Jesus. You know, we had all the right to say, oh, you want to see Jesus? I am Jesus. You can talk to me. But he was so faithful that when people are hungry, they desire to see Jesus and to go and usher them to the right place where they need to be. We want to see Jesus. There are so many religions and churches out there. But I would like to say this morning, I recommend the gospel of Jesus. There are so many people out there that people trust, put their trust on and worship but they will all end up in grave. But you can trace, you can follow the history and everything about Jesus. You will find his grave empty. Because he didn't end up in the grave. He was risen to give you and me the eternal life. For there is only one God. And there is only one mediator between God and man. Is Christ Jesus. That revelation of Jesus as Messiah made the gentle Greeks to come forward and say, we would like to see Jesus. I don't know about you this morning. What are your desires in this Resurrection Sunday? Many of us are busy chasing the wrong things. Chasing success, chasing money, chasing fame. Things that do not satisfy. 
things that are temporary and they are passing with the world. But what is important is to seek after Jesus. Because all those things, they are just holding us back. They're not going to take us anywhere. I don't know what is holding you back this morning. I don't know what is oppressing you and causing you not to see Jesus clearly in your life and his kingdom. But you can join Paul and many of us this morning in this prayer in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 which says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. This is my desire to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. As we celebrate Jesus' resurrection today, that power that raised Jesus from the grave is still available for you and for me this morning. It is power that breaks every chains. This power that breaks every yoke from the enemy. It is power that ushers us to a new life that God has prepared for us from the beginning of the world. When Jesus heard this request from the Greeks that they were looking for him, they want him, they desire him, they want to meet with him, they want to have a relationship with him, he knew that that was the sign that the hour had come for him to be glorified. That is for him to die and to rise again from our sins. I was just, as I was just reading this, I was looking at like, this was so, so important for me to read it. Because these Greeks, they were Gentiles. They were coming before the death and resurrection of Jesus, which means the door was still closed. But they want to see Jesus. They were pushing through. But Jesus, instead of um, re responding to these guys, okay, guys, what can I do for you? How, what do you want to, to talk about? Jesus knew that the hour has come for the door to be opened. That is why when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says the, the curtain in the temple was opened into two. So that you and me can have an access to, to get into the personal relationship with our Savior. When Jesus heard this, that they were looking for him, he knew that the hour had come for him to be glorified so that, that he will need to die on the cross in John 17 verse 1. So, and Jesus responded in these three ways before we close this morning. Jesus' glory was in his death and resurrection. That's our first point. In verse 23, Jesus says, replied and said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. For him to die on the cross meant to be glorified. I think that was like a different story or maybe the expectation that the Jews we're expecting to be, because we're waiting for him to be a Messiah, that the hour has come for him to sit on the throne and rule over them. But no, I said the hour was, was meaning for him to go to the cross, to suffer and die for you and for me. He knew that in three days, after three days, he will rise in glory from the grave. That is why he often talk about his death and resurrection together. He never separated. Every time when he's talking about his death, he will talk about his resurrection as well. As if it was a kind of a single event. But one was happening on Friday, and we think as Saturday nothing happened, and he rose on, on, on Sunday. But this is a, a together thing. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's all a gift for you and for me. In John 17, verse 1 to 5, Jesus says these words. Jesus prays to be glorified. 
after Jesus said this, he looked forward to heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those who have given him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only God, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with your glory we heard before the world began. Jesus was talking about the work that he needed to come to do in this world. The hour had come for him to die on the cross, to be that perfect sacrifice, to be that high priest that don't just bring the, the, the blood of the goats and sheep and chickens, but to bring his own blood to die for you and for me. But he was not going to end there, but he was going to be glorified in his resurrection. The point number two, from Jesus' answer, he says in verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless the kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many fruits. God anointed Jesus to bring life out of death. And Jesus gave this agricultural expression and he says, just to show and uh, to talk about why his death was so necessary. He said, if any seed fall into the ground, and does not die, it won't produce any fruits. But any seed that is sown must in a way die before it can come to life again. This is an avocado for my house. It's from my house. Uh, that's why it's not a, a, a clear picture. I said to Stabile, put this. And he said, no, this is not a nice one for the slides. I said, no, put it. This is from my house. <laughs> and this one, this one we just ate in the other day. Yesterday or something. It's still, still wet. I planted a seed like this on the ground. And a few years later, it produced many fruits with many seeds that will be planted and produce other seeds. But we are needed to plant this seed once and for all. And then everything else will be produced from just that one seed. So Jesus he was comparing himself to this kernel of wheat that falls into the ground and dies. That is why the death of Jesus was so important. He said, I am the seed. That is going to be, it's going to fall on the ground and die. But my death will bring much fruits for all of you. Jesus was like this kernel of wheat. And then he knows that by dying, he will produce fruits in our lives. That is, his disciples and many others, including you and me today. And then Jesus predicts his coming death, but he promises that his death will produce the harvest, a life for all who trust and follow him. And then many ask Jesus, if he's Christ, if he's that Messiah that we were thinking about, how come he can die? Because now we're expecting that he's going to come and rule over us. But now he's talking about his death now. Doesn't the scripture teach us that the Christ will remain forever? The answer of that question was in his resurrection. 
the answer of their question that their king, their Messiah, their Christ will rule forever because he knew that he was not going to end up in the grave. He was going to rise again to life. But he didn't just want to live forevermore, but he wanted to give that eternal life to all of us as well. And then Jesus explained why he had to die. And he said, in fact, I must die so that I can bring new life to you. And Jesus' death brought life to many of us today. Now, because of his resurrection power, Gentiles had begun to be reconciled with God through Jesus. And he made a way for you and for me. Doesn't matter your color. Doesn't matter your background. But you have an access because of Jesus' death and his resurrection power. Now his witness will begin to spread outside of Israel through the preaching of his disciples. Now it will be seen that he was the savior. Not just of the Jews, but of the whole world. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14 says, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching will be in vain. And our faith will also be in vain. You know what I like about the gospel is that exactly what today J.S. Whale is talking about. It says, the gospel do not explain the resurrection, but it is the resurrection of Jesus that explains the gospel, the good news of Jesus. He says, I am that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless the kernel of wheat falls into the ground, and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many fruits. I want you to help me in this last point to, for you to participate in this last point. <clears throat> the last point, Jesus says, the kernel of wheat represents the body of Christ. When he's talking about the, the kernel seed and the kernel of wheat, he's talking about himself. He was talking about his body that he was about to be broken for you and for me. And he said, this seed, this body will need to go, will need to die. We need to fall into the ground and die. So that through my death and resurrection will produce many other fruits. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, because of that good news of the gospel, you and me now have an access to go before the throne of grace. Out of that idea, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. In Mark chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 22 to 24, says, and they were, as they were eating, <clears throat> Jesus took bread and he blessed it and literally broke it and gave the bread to his disciples and said, take and eat because this is my body. And then he took the cup. <clears throat> when he has given thanks, he gave the cup to his disciples, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for many. That kernel of wheat was Jesus' body dying on the cross, being buried, and then rise again on Sunday so that you and me can benefit the relationship, can be reconciled to God through Jesus. 
I want you to take this moment just to, before I, we conclude our message today, just to come forward and take the, the bread and the wine and come back to your seats. I want us to take this moment and just look at Jesus as this perfect seed. I want you to take this moment as we take that bread and we take that, that glass of juice and thinking of this, culture, of this agricultural illustration, look at that bread as the body of Christ that was sown into the ground, that was broken and sown into the ground so that he can rise again for you and for me so that we can bear fruit for him. And be thankful this morning. I want you to just take this moment and thank God that I know that Jesus, you didn't die for nothing. But today, I am that fruit. I thank you, Jesus. But if you're not yet cross that line of faith, if you're yet not yet a believer, Jesus, when the Greeks come and ask that we would like to see Jesus, Jesus says, my hour has come. For me to be glorified. Because for me to die and rise again, I'm opening up an access for the Gentiles. For those who, who are far from me, who don't have an, a relationship with me, that through my death and resurrection, they can come in. But today you can say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I thank you for the door that you have opened for me, that I can come in. You are the way. I accept you as a Lord and Savior of my life and be thankful for that door and take and, and eat. Let's all take together. So I would like to invite Ben to come forward um, just to help us with that last song that they just sang for us in our time of worship. But I want you to recognize this, that when I was uh, from the beginning, where it's explaining the word, I would like to see Jesus. That Jesus, that also his desire, that you may know him. That you may have a personal relationship with him. That he can be able to, to talk with you. He said, I'm standing by the door and knocking. If you open your door, I will come in, sup with you, and you sup with me. He wants you to have a better understanding of him as your savior. He wants you to discover some things that God will show you. The things that are hidden. God wants you to experience him. And to believe in him. There's one thing that I like about the book of John, that the book of John were written only for two things. Number one, that we may believe in Jesus. And number two, so that when we believe, we may have eternal life in Christ Jesus. That's the only way why the book of John was written for these two, two things, that you may believe. So that when you believe, you get an access to Jesus. Once you know God and Jesus whom he, he sent, then you have eternal life. So that when you believe in him, you will have eternal life. I don't know about your life today, but I just want to give you that opportunity. But if you have this desire in your heart, that I want to see Jesus. I want to experience him afresh. I want to have a better relationship with him. I want to get better in understanding of who he is and what he has done for me. This is your opportunity. We and you, we are lucky that it was not before his death and resurrection, but this is after when the door is already wide open 
when the curtain is torn apart so that we can have an access. But Jesus says, I'm opening the door, come in. But you're still standing outside. But God says, use this opportunity. That this is this, this uh, resurrection Sunday, this Passover will be a different Passover. For these Greeks, it was a different one. They were coming week in and week out, year in and year out. But today, they decided, I want this one to be a different one. I want to see Jesus. I want to experience Jesus in my life. This is your opportunity. I want to invite you to come. As we sing this song, this will be an opportunity. We've got pastoral team, we've got um, leadership team, and elders will help you to usher you to Jesus. You're not coming to us. We want to usher you to Jesus. He will give you eternal life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, today. That when we come to you, you'll never push us away. Because this is your desire. You want everyone to be saved and come to know the truth. Lord God, that desire in our hearts, we don't want to just end it to be a desire, but we want to take action. Just to move forward and come to you and say, Lord, we want to see you. Show yourself afresh. Lord God, we want to have an encounter with you, Lord God, in our lives. Come, Lord God, fill us afresh, Father. We need you. We need you. We would like to see you. We want you. Father. The closer God Jesus was to glorify the Father and the Father to be glorifying the Son so that we can also glorify the Father in our lives. Lord God, we want your glory in our lives, nothing else. More than anything in the world, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. That's all I need. I need Jesus. Today as we're praying with those people who say I need Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, you manifest yourself upon their lives. As we sing, come forward, we'd love to pray with you. Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing in just a moment. And if uh, you want to respond to Jesus, then come during the song. And then also we've had a word of knowledge that there's someone who's battling with neck pain. If that's you, you can come to the front and we'll pray for you to be healed. Let's sing the song together. If you need prayer in any way, then please come to the front. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah. 